Hi, I'm Justine, and I'm here to tell you being mentally ill isn't the end of the world. I know what it's like to live with a mental illness. It's hard. You're constantly trying to hide your struggles from others, and you feel like you're weaker than others because of your illness. But that's not true. So many badasses struggle with mental illnesses, but they don't talk about them because they're afraid of being judged or thought of as weak-minded. Well, guess what? They're not. We can change that by talking openly about our struggles and sharing our stories with each other in a positive light. This is why I created Mentally a Badass, so we can come together as badasses who are also mentally ill or who has had it rough in life and share our stories with one another in a safe place that celebrates our strengths rather than shames our weaknesses. I hope this podcast helps you feel less alone in this crazy life of ours, and I hope it makes your life just a little bit better. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Stephen Kellogg, who is a singer, songwriter, and author that has touched many lives with his music and writings. I found him while scrolling on the To Write Love in Her Arms nonprofit website and came across an article that spoke about music and how not all happy music can make you happy. I really resonated with that and wanted to speak with him and bring him on the show. We will go deep into his personal life, music career, and other endeavors. He's a super humble guy, and I'm super excited for you to listen. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Mentally a Badass. My name is Justine, and today I have Stephen Kellogg that I'm going to be interviewing. So we're going to be talking about so many different things, and... I'm just already just like ready to jump into it and it's going to be so good. So first, let me just say thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Justine. Yeah, absolutely. So in every podcast episode in the beginning, we like to talk a lot about, you know, the guests and their personal background and struggles that led them to all of their achievements. So can you talk about like any struggles, like, I guess, I don't know exactly if you can pick like a particular story or just like what was certain things that you struggle with that led you to what you're doing to today? Specifically about mental health, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I mean, one thing that I feel like I rival the best of them with is, is just FOMO, you know? Mm -hmm. And and, uh, there's so many situations. um, And I feel like as a, as a grown adult with four kids, it shouldn't be so ongoing as it is, but there's, it's so easy to, um, to feel like you're outside of the circle or that you're not, that you're not enough, you know, Mm -hmm. Right. uh, obviously that's not what I want for the people I love or my kids or anything, but, um, but I've been struck, you know, over in recent years with just how much, um, even as an adult who is pretty in pretty good shape with mental health at, at the moment and feeling good and just you can you can be going along and sort of feel like, man, I, I'm not uh, I'm not enough. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't achieved enough things and I'm not and, I, and other people are happier than I am. And that can feel really like daunting. And so. A lot of the in the the area that I tend to intersect with mental health is sort of is is I try to be really straight with the people who, you know, I interact with who interact with my art. I try to really be transparent about man, about what I'm experiencing and how how easy it is to feel left out of the party, you know. So for the FOMO, where do you think that this stems from? When you when you were younger, were you ever like left out of things? Like, well, of course, of course, yes, obviously, yeah. <laughs> that drives you know, in some ways. But look, that's also like I try out for the basketball team. I worked really hard. My dad was a great athlete. I go, I don't make it, and that was wildly disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, that led me to be in my first play, which led me to meet the people I formed a band with. Like some of what we're up against in life, and I think this is an important thing to mention. Like some of the anxieties, some of the disappointments are a part of life, and and when you're sort of interacting with them in a healthy, um, you know, 
appropriate way, they can drive you and they can be a positive thing. You know, sometimes I told my oldest daughter, she's going to college in the fall. You know, sometimes the anxiety you'll experience in an environment has to do with like, is this a safe environment? You might be at a party where you're like feeling some anxiety and you're like, should I have some drinks? Cause I'm feeling so, you know, and it's like, well, that's also your body giving you an appropriate response. Like this could get out of hand and, yeah. or I haven't studied for a test I need to study for, you know, obviously when you have an issue is kind of when it goes beyond that and it stops you from moving forward and that's no good, you know, but, um, I have sort of found, you know, FOMO occurs for anybody that allows it to. It's it's really that that saying, the Roosevelt saying, comparison is the thief of joy. You know, mm -hmm. when you're comparing yourself to others, it's really hard to feel adequate because you're not seeing the full three dimensional version of other people. You're just seeing this post or this mm -hmm. kind of perception that you have and um, I don't know. That's always hard for me. No matter how good a headspace I'm in, I can jump on Instagram and get blue pretty quickly, you know? Uh, yeah, the reason I asked that question is because I've met some people that do have, like, a lot of FOMO. Like, I have this roommate in college that had to go, like, to all the parties, for example. And for me, I I've actually am surprised. I, like, I never really, like struggled with FOMO I mean maybe like a little bit I'm sure I'll go on like social media for like a little bit and be like oh yeah I wish I was in Bali or something like that but it wouldn't be like a consistent thing so I was just very intrigued by that because I'm noticing that some people really do struggle with that and then some just never really so I was I always just like for me with the way my mind thinks is that like I'm really of course obviously into psychology i actually have a background in it so i always like to really dig to see like where something is like certain stemming sure. from so i kind of so in a way i kind of like do this thing where i like analyze my my guess i don't like mean to but i do it and i just think it's just kind of like the person that i am but um what you were saying about like if you say you go into a room and you feel anxious and you think oh should i just get a drink what are your thoughts on like energy you know, like your body feeling like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe like it's telling me that I should get out. Maybe something bad's going to happen. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's it's interesting because like what you were just saying about how you you don't sort of experience FOMO in the same way that I do. And I, mm -hmm. I think that's spot on. Like we all we, we all have our stuff, wherever that comes from, psychologically or otherwise. Now, energetically speaking, one of the benefits of being a songwriter and an empath and all these things is you're wide open. Sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like a, a turtle without a shell. I'm just like out in the world, taking everything in. I'm taking the joy in, I'm taking the pain in, I'm taking it all in. Um, the good thing about that is uh, more or less, I'm not saying all the time, but most of the time I'm able to feel the room, read the room, you know, and, and see and have a sense a really keyed into what someone's vibe is or what's going on or what someone might need or who's hurting and, and kind of quietly suffering. I'm very, very attuned to that. Um, the flip side of that is that that can lead to to just hypersensitivity. You can just feel like, you know, you can you can the little things can hurt a lot, you know, um, some people who have thicker skins, you know, the benefit is you're able to maybe be hurt less easily and less deeply, but also sometimes, you know, you can't, you don't have that sense of what's going on and you're not the ideal thing and neither is good or bad. I don't think it's just the way it is. So when you ask about energy, I'd say my energy is quite tuned into what's going on, but I certainly have lots of, you know, friends and associates where that's not the case. Yeah. You know? I love the way you explained it. A turtle without a shell. I think that was just like, yeah, that made a lot of sense. And I'm literally the exact same way um, when it comes to it, it. It helps with um, like my like I'm not a songwriter. I would love to be a songwriter, but um, I do a lot of like video content stuff. 
that's kind of like where I put my creativity. And it's also just like a beautiful thing to be empathetic because then you can really be there, you know, for other humans and really feel what they're feeling and be so helpful, you sure. know, to others. And I didn't like know, like I always was like this, like growing up, like people always come to me when it comes to like helping them with their challenges. And then in reality, I think it's because I'm most empathetic and same to you. Has this ever happened to you where for someone who's empathetic, you know, we, as you're saying, like, you know, hypersensitive, did you ever get told like, oh, you're being too sensitive and kind of like, at least that has happened to people that I know. And to me, we're like, oh, she's too sensitive and this and that, sure. they'll say those words. Has it like ever happened to you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and actually I just finished a book called the highly sensitive person, HSPs. And it was like, this book is to help you understand your wiring. And if there, if you're and anybody who lives with you or cares, you know, you interact with may want to read it as a way to better understand it. I, I, it was wonderful to feel so seen and heard and, you know, in reading this book and, and, and one of the things that it encourages you to do is that's usually said from a place of ignorance about sort of what's actually going on. I mean, it's being sensitive isn't a bad thing at all. It's a good thing in a lot of ways, you know. Uh, but if you don't understand it, you can feel really guilty about it. Like, why am I so, you know, why am I so wide open all the time, you know? And, yeah. Um, and it's if you know, if you understand it too, you can recognize it when it's happening. Okay, this is, I'm, I'm feeling, you know, that's one of the things I sort of watch. Am I ramping up the drama of a situation because of my sensitivity. And sometimes if I'm really being self-aware, the answer is yes. You know, I am, I'm taking something small, making it mean more. And, and I don't get mad at myself about that. I try not to, I, instead I just go, okay, that's what's going on. That's the right. whole point of, of, of so much of the mental health work that people do is just let's figure out what's going on. So you can not be like controlled by it, you know? Yeah, I think a great idea would be like if you feel because there's, there's a lot of times where I get worked up really easily and um, I always like think in my head, I'm like, okay, am I overreacting? Or so, You know what I do is like you ask like a safe person, like someone who's like really close to you that won't in any way judge and just say like, hey, look at it, your point of view. Is it is it just me just or like taking it to another level or sure is it okay like this person like you kind of get what i'm saying i think yeah yeah, yeah it's kind of like finding that safe person because um yeah i and my person is usually like my boyfriend i'd be like am i really overreacting to this <laughs> it's like um yeah that's typically what i do okay sure. that's good so let's transition into the reason i asked you to be on this podcast and what drawn me to you when I was when I was on the to write love in her arms website reading a blog and I saw that you were the author of one of them and it was about how sad music doesn't make you sad so um I I really do love the topic of music and actually um right now one of my previous episodes about music is actually doing really well at this moment so it's a, definitely a very hot topic all right so right now I want to be completely re completely real completely real about this um so one of the things you said in the article was happy music ends up making me feel like there's a party that i'm not up for going to so i like the statement the reason i i do is because i felt super seen with that i never knew other people felt like the way i did um like i would feel irritated when it comes to certain like you mentioned the song like hey ya and lmfao and all of that yeah. and i was thinking of that one song hey ya and i'm like oh my god like I, I, that song annoys me <laughs> so i just felt guilty not liking the song because i'm like what is wrong with me like why is everyone dancing and it's like one of pe people's favorite music and they always say like when you're sad, oh it's just it's like happy music and get going i'm like I'm like, no, like that doesn't work. So uh, do, do you feel that having that type of feeling, do you think that is linked to a mental illness such as depression? Or do you see us more as just kind of like a spiritual thing? So just lack of connection to the song. I, I definitely don't think it's, it's not a depression thing. It's like, it's, 
but it's very hard to describe what why we like what we like you know yes. and and I, I i share your guilt mm-hmm. with like the come on this is fun music it's like fun for you right. which is awesome i'm yes. not trying to take away any of your fun absolutely but this doesn't make me feel happier this makes me feel like i'm at like a frat party and i don't want to be at that frat party i just want to go home and be it's not my vibe at all and like uh-huh. That is really like people don't get that or they totally get it and it's there's just I don't know why though I mean I mm. I definitely would say that I f- experience the world in a melancholy way like I, I I see things that are beautiful and I can also see like oh that's sad because that that won't last forever like I'll see all of it in one thing you know i see this beautiful moment between a mother and her child and it's it i love it it's sweet and it's also like sad because it's it's all sad you know i mean Mm -hmm. and i mean sad not depressing like there's a difference you know it's like yeah it's like and that's sort of what i was talking about in that article is like i have the blues you know i feel things but I don't mind having it I'm not trying to get rid of that feeling because because you know I think depression is when you can't move because mm-hmm. you're you're the the weight you do you have no there's apathy when you're yes. depressed you don't get nothing's happening um versus being sad sometimes being sad is a super appropriate response to things you know uh and, and being and sort of being like that sad sweetness of melancholy is kind of like, I tend to love music because it really makes me feel like my heart's open, you know? But I can't tell, I can't say, I would never argue that other people should feel that way. I just know that that's how I experience the world. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the, re- the reason I brought up depression um, is because usually if people have depression, they like are more irritable. So I don't know if that had anything to like do with this. I always, I, and the way you explained it definitely makes sense. It was because I feel like I didn't know how to explain like, oh, why do why am I like more attracted to more like sad music that actually makes me feel more like comfort versus mm-hmm. like hearing all this jumpy music. I mean, sometimes I like I do like to listen to happy music, too, yeah. um, but not like the over the top. And do you ever feel like if you're going through something and I mean, you, you and I may have di- may differ in this, um, but I could be wrong. Cause I'm just like really getting to know you right now. Um, when you're really like sad and down and such, I, I believe that you are really into like being hugged and everything like that. Yeah. Am I right? And then yeah. for me, it's like, I'm like the total opposite. I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's also like the wiring though. That's just like, you know, some of us love physical touch and some of us, that's not our thing. I, I have four children and two of them are not wild. They're not looking for a hug. Like that's Mm. not comfortable. They're kind of like, okay, are you done hugging me now? (laughs) And, and, uh, which is more like my wife is like that. And, uh, and I'm me and the other two, we're like, I'm I'm like a dog. Like if you like scratch the back of my neck, and I'm like, yeah, I like it. I love it. It feels so. That's huge. So, my boyfriend's like that too, actually. Yeah. yeah. So I who knows? I mean, I'm sure there is something in our genetics or our psychology that reason for that, but I don't know what that yeah. is. Yeah. Do you uh, have like a belief and such when it comes to like zodiac signs and all that? I. I tend to notice certain patterns and certain zodiac signs. Yeah, I got a few that I'm like that I watch out for because they can be intense, you know. And what, I, I, yeah, but what's yeah. yours? Mine is Sag. I'm a Sagittarian. Okay, I was gonna say because if you were a Capricorn, because like my mom and my boyfriend are the exact same, and they are the same way when it comes to hugging. So I would have been like, if you're a Capricorn, yeah, Capricorn, then I'm like, okay, maybe she's a Capricorn. Thing. We've got what's your what's your sign? I'm a Leo. We're nice. Got a lot of friends who are Leos. Yeah, I I like I like being a Leo. It's interesting. It's like I'm very uh because like with my sign, I'm supposed to be kind of like fire, like kind of like over 
the top and then also i have a like a diagnosis of bipolar so like sometimes if i'm like hypomanic it's like i'm like all over so the place you your leoness yeah yeah it's it's a it's a good thing and a bad thing at sometimes depending on the situation of course <laughs> sure yeah like it's good for this it's good for you know i talk a lot so i was like why not make a podcast right yeah <laughs> yeah it's awesome it's good yeah for you great to use to use my bubbliness and talkiveness for good yeah 100 yeah percent Hey, listener, if you have come this far into the podcast episode, I hope that you are enjoying it. And also, I would love if you guys, if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you can leave a review, it helps so much um, in the algorithm to get our podcast pushed to new listeners. And if you're on Spotify, if you can follow us on there, that would be truly amazing and the more you guys share the more that we grow in this podcast and the more we grow the more episodes we can put out for you guys so yes thank you so much for listening and now back to the episode All right, so let's talk about let's talk about your song How to Say Goodbye. You mm. mentioned that it's about seeing our lives in a bird's eye view. What inspired for you to what inspired you to write this? And I know you you have other writers, I believe, so right? Yeah. Well, I wrote it with one of my daughters, Sophia. Yeah, I saw that video. She is a fantastic dancer. Oh, thank you. Thank you Yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, but one of my favorite movies is the movie It's a Wonderful Life. It's a really old movie. Yeah, I know it. Um, but I kind of saw it when I was little, forgot about it, and then saw it again a few years ago. And same as like the the sad music, like It just made my heart feel so open. Like Mm I just mhm. felt like I'm kinder to myself. It's just like, and so in that reflective moment, I found myself thinking a lot about What if we could, what if I could step outside and look at the life that I'm living and, and all this love that's around me, having children and a woman that I, you know, married to and love and friends and a job I like
I know that they, you know, they're going through a part of life that I found tremendously difficult. I, mm -hmm. Being a teenager was one of the most challenging parts of my life by a wide margin. And so I loved to be able to work on this song with them and, and do that together. I feel like it's also great to like getting, you know, different perspectives, especially since like the world, especially for teenagers, is completely different. You know, mm -hmm. then when we grew up, when we grew up, we're in different generations, but I didn't like social, for example, like social media is really big in their lives. I'm, I'm assuming. I mean, social media was like getting bigger when I was like ending high school in a way for me. And, and if you think about it, Justine, I didn't even have a cell phone until I'd been out of college for years. Like that's how old I am. So it, trying to raise your kids and understand what's happening while I'm also having, it's like, I feel like it, I relate to the teenagers having trouble with it because I'm on there for my job, but I'm like, man, this is not improving my life. Mm -hmm. Like when you have to be very disciplined to, to, to have right. it. Yeah. It. I believe it's all about how you use to, how you use social media. A lot of people can have two different completely ideas of social media. Um, I like to like, for us, we provide you know, healthy content for people to read, to listen to, to look at, like I, what I do for, you know, mentally battles on Instagram, but you know, it could be, there could be a lot of like on TikTok, it could be feeding you maybe stuff you don't want to see. So like what I do is like, just keep scrolling and don't interact at all. Like not even once, but like a piece of content, because mm -hmm. if you, cause you can pretty much, there's ways of kind of like dictating, like what is going to be shown to you. You just kind of have to really like be strategic about it. So, but I mean, the algorithm is so different now when I, you know, like I, like my space was boring my time and then Instagram was starting to get somewhere when I was like leaving high school. But yeah. at the time it was like chronological and it was just like focused, just seeing what your family and friends are doing. And now it's like an entertainment platform essentially. And yeah. People can post whatever they want and the platforms do the best that they can to censor certain things. But there's always people that like try to like find things around it. And it's just, it, it's challenging, but, but yeah, so, I mean, I can go on and on about social media, but that, that, that's a whole. <laughs> well, a it's, whole. Your, it's like your best buds too. Like why mm -hmm. didn't someone so-and-so like this post? Like, it's not even like, it's not even like, even if your world doesn't involve haters or things like that, it's like, people you want to love you like you don't know maybe they didn't see your post but your brain can do the worst things yeah it's just like everybody saw this and nobody liked it and they don't like me and that means I'm not good and you know, uh, I, mean, I literally used to think good. like that I yeah. literally used to be in that same mindset in 20 like 18 2019 like influencer stuff I mean was was like super big at the moment and I was like pretty much be doing that making youtube videos lifestyle comedy and yeah. influencer stuff and then um i always be like trying to grow my you know instagram and i'm like but it, it honestly it did it did hurt because it kind of like if people weren't like if i wasn't growing i would kind of like put it as like my own self-worth which is not healthy right because like i was my own brand i think it kind of hurts a little less for me let's say if a post doesn't do well for like mentally a badass because it's like it's not they're not they're not following mentally a badass because they're following they're not following Justine. They're following a brand that provides mental health content. So um, maybe that's why it just doesn't really like sometimes posts do super well and they go viral. And sometimes it's like, oh, I got five likes. But yeah, I just think I, I think it's yeah, I think it's just a mindset thing, really. Honestly, it's just kind of like training your mind to just like we know it has nothing to do with our self-worth. But we really need to teach our mind because our, our brains are wired to always think of the negative. Definitely. I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it was the opposite. Um, okay. Me too. I know. If your brain just, like had the positive stuff, like oh, that. Oh, life would be, thing, that would be fantastic. So cool. You know, I actually recently subscribed to a good newsletter. Which one? Oh, I love how you ask which one. Um <laughs> Good question. Um, I literally just Google like good newsletters because I'm just kind of like really exhausted with the constant bad stuff we people keep like, you know, with the, with our world right now, if you know what I mean. I'm just like exhausted by it. So I'm like, I need some good news 
to like, I don't want to be reading like when I wake up, oh, this person died and stuff. So I'm like, I need some good news. So it is called hello at good, good, good dot co. Good, 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 good. Oh, you- I'll keep an eye out for that. There's so many of them. Like if you do, you just go on Google and just type in like good news, good newsletters. Like there's a lot, there is like actual accounts out there that that is like their brands and they just provide good news. And I'm like, I wish that we can just receive things in our like Facebook or, and just like, Oh, this person, like, like one of the headlines was that the murder rate was going down. I'm like, that's great. That is good. I that's know. It's, it's like, isn't that great to like read? Like that's like, those are the headlines I want to read. Yeah, me too. Yay. So yeah. Fun. I know that was a little bit, a little off topic, but just a little, uh, just letting you know about that. But I, um, I think that's great. Yeah. So let's talk about your book. Um, It's called Objects in the Mirror, Thoughts on a Perfect Life from an Imperfect Person. I love that title. I want you to tell me what it's about. Well, it's a collection of essays about kind of the the best insights I've had that have helped me in my own life so far. So the first part of the book is all is all about relationships. And there's, you know, a chapter about friends and a chapter about heroes and parents stuff, you know, and then the second half of the book is uh, other things that are that have been big. There's a chapter about forgiveness, one about having a sense of humor, integrity, you know, legacy and what we are trying to leave behind. And so um, I tried to make it really relatable and readable and uh, uh, and it's been great. It's been out a couple of years now and we just, uh, we've gotten some great feedback and, uh, and, uh, you know, when I, it was writing a book was harder than I thought it was going to be. And, mm-hmm. uh, but we did it. So nice. Know. So where can people buy it? You can get it on the usual places like Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Um, but we also, uh, a, a few years back, I, we started running for our all our stuff, uh, KelloggFamilyStore.com. So we run our own. We just kind of thought this would be cool. We're raising our kids. Like, what if we have this as like a small family business? So they help every week kind of do the orders and we send the books out and when we send it from ours we try to autograph them and just do i just you know just try to do cool stuff that you wouldn't get in a less personal feeling thing you know and occasionally my youngest will pack something and they'll be like the packages are not always the prettiest thing in the world but (laughs) that's kind of our brand you know i'm like oh yeah so anyway it's cool I like that. Like your brand is like, it's not, it, it's imperfect as you were just saying. So if the packaging is not perfect, like, Hey, it's part of the brand. It it's is good angle. What a good marketing angle yeah. right there. Totally. It gets us off the hook for some of like the truth having to, you know, we're just, but that's the reality too, is like, I wanted to be a rock star when I grew up, you know, like that was what I wanted to do. And some of the things I've gotten to do in my life, I guess, you know, I, I've never, I never flipped a switch and thought I'm a rock star now, but like, I've done some pretty cool things in my day. I also, uh, you know, it's been way harder than I ever would have thought. And I've had a lot of humbling experiences and continue to, and they never go away, you know, where you're just doing things. So it's like both things can exist. And that, that sort of blew my mind. I didn't know that that was, I thought you either were or you weren't. And when we realized, you know, we're just, I'm just, we we're, I'm just a songwriter and I do some neat things and some things that feel less neat. And wouldn't it be fun if we just had our own little store and I'll fill the packages with everybody and we can, you know, this is, it's, I didn't even know a job like that could have existed when I was younger. I didn't, they, they, nobody talked about sort of the middle at all, you know, and, and so therefore you don't think about it. And I think that that, that's that's another thing that I try to represent for people is like, yeah, you can there's there's it's not just starving artist mm-hmm. and Ed Sheeran. There's like a ton of stuff in between, you know, and that's cool. It's good to know about that. That is literally so true. I just like really opened up my mind because I what you're saying, like, I feel like I back in the day, you know, we 
like thought of it like that. Either you're a starving artist or you're like Ed Sheeran. But there are, especially now with the whole like era of social media and such, you're seeing, you're able to like support Mm -hmm. someone who's in between. Like, you know, I'm not like trying to get quarters for uh, a McDonald's or whatever, but also like I'm not like super famous. It's like, yeah, like right in the middle. And it's like, it's really cool and it's i'm so like for both of us like super grateful that we live in this kind of world where we have it's just it's just like endless of like opportunities you know because of the internet and just like the way i think about it is so many things that i like know now that like my parents never knew um and they would say it didn't exist but like i feel like a lot of things did exist but weren't talked about because we didn't have like the kind of connection that's as a world like we do today mm-hmm. like did you yeah, yeah like did you know yeah. podcasts have been around for like the longest time yeah i mean no i, I didn't know they had or or i don't know with the inception i i know when i became aware of them but yeah like it just now it's starting to really skyrocket now like a lot of people who are doing youtube or tiktok they're now starting their own podcast but before there were like podcasts that were People would just, I think, go buy like a tape or something like that. And that's like oh. how they would get their podcast. Mm-hmm. And then they'll just play it in like their car or something. But it would be a podcast. And I'm like, wow. it blew my mind. And I think I heard this from like someone who interviewed on someone's podcast. And he was saying, like, oh, yeah, I used to listen to the podcast when I used to get the tapes. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that's amazing. That's, that's, yeah. So, yeah. So that's where it like opened my mind. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like. And then also, do you ever, do you ever read certain books? Um, I read a lot of like, you know, a book it's called like uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, I read that yeah, one. So yeah, that's a, so that's like an old book, right? Yeah. Um, And so the stuff that I'm reading, like my, I guess like family um, who was like close to me, that's in the a generation above me, they didn't know like certain things like that existed. But it was like always there. Like that book has been around for like what the how old is that book? I don't know that, but it's probably pretty. Uh, that that one might be like thirty years old or forty years old. Thirty, yeah. probably like mid eighties, maybe or something. Late eighties. I'm gonna just for the purpose of this, I want to get the fact here. <laughs> when Go did it come? Let's see. Let's see where. We're oh, at. 1997. Okay. 97. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I would, but like, yeah. but that book, Think and Grow Rich, that thing's from the 1930s, I think. No, I'm yeah. actually, I actually have it in my room. Yeah, that <laughs> one, I, I'm pretty sure that Napoleon Hill book is like, ah, uh, super old. Wait, yeah, let me see that. Oh, I love Google. Oh Fact. my goodness, 1937. See, I'm right about something. That makes sense because I'm like reading the book. I'm still like kind of in the beginning of it, but I've had the book for so long, and some of the, I'm like. I get what they're saying, but with the way the writing, it's not like yeah, it's gonna feel a little antiquated at times. And there's some stuff. There's some like funky, like like women are this way. Like I mean, it's (laughs) you gotta kind of like put it in the time that it's from. But I think there's some really good information in that book. Yeah, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's it's a good book that has good info. But I think just like the way it's written and like my brain and like the which generation that i'm from i think it wasn't just like the way it was written wasn't as appealing to me so i'm like reading it so slow because after like and i know it's it's, in my opinion i feel like it's like a little repetitive but i'm sure it is for a reason but yeah i mean maybe that'll help knowing that it's 90 years old like you'll be like oh okay at least this is like yeah yeah i gonna try again then and just put that in my mindset i was like reading this book and i'm like i i okay i kind of get it but I don't want to feel like I'm reading like the same. Anyway, that I'm going to get off yeah. that topic. But well, have, point- you read, have you read, um, did, have you read, have you read Jen Sincero's books? You are a badass and you oh, are yeah, badass. I read those. Funny. Those are fun. I like her books a lot. They, yeah. They're coming in my brain a little bit. You know yeah. that her brand kind of gets a little mixed up with mine because like if you type in mentally a badass, like you'll see my stuff. Cause I, I always have a coloring book that I made. So like you'll see my stuff, but then you'll see like her stuff like right next to it. So I guess the good. way the SEO well, that's is. That's cool. That's a good brand to be mixed up with. Yeah. Oh. Hey, maybe I should reach out to her. <laughs> you think she'll answer me? She's she seems real smart. You know. I think I'm gonna consider. I think I'm just gonna go for it and just yeah. like slide into the DMs. Be like, hi. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. But I think the point of forward is saying is just like 
I think the the main the main point we're coming across is that like how things were around back in the day, but like now it's just being more like pushed around faster, like spread faster, like information. Yeah. 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 I think that was the point that we kind of like went on a tangent. <laughs> yeah. Which I sometimes do on this podcast and I try my best to not do that. <laughs> That's the format. That's true. Cool. True. Okay. So there's one more, two more things I want to talk about. Okay. So um, in your documentary, Last Man Standing, your friends, family, and fans described you as a dedicated artist, family man, very humble. Was there someone in your life that you can think of that I would say like, quote unquote, saved you? It can be someone like a friend, a parent, a teacher, I guess like more like a mentor. Is there someone like in mind that you like looked up to? Oh, gosh, there's so many people that I look up to who I feel like, you know, impacted the course of my life. You know, I, I, I mentioned earlier the not making the basketball team and then he was my dean of students at the time in eighth grade, but Jeff McHugh, a longtime educator, got me in this play, encouraged me. I met his son. We started a rock band. Like, and now this guy, we're still close, close friends to this day. You know, you don't think of that in eighth grade that maybe one day the dean of students is going to be one of your best friends because you, you know, like they're so much older seeming and everything. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, there's him, you know, and then there's my grandfather uh, who was, he, he had, he was, he had landed D-Day plus two and fought in World War II. And he was just this, just had so much integrity and would always, always knew how to make suggestions without making you feel stupid, you know, Mm -hmm. without making you feel bad. He knew people. And so he's a big influence. And then, you know, the last person who's been just huge in my life on a daily basis, I've been with my wife. We met when we were 15, you know, and and so we've been together 30 years now. And and to have somebody who you feel like knows everything about you and accepts you, I mean, if you, like any place you can be accepted in this world, I feel like that's what mm-hmm. allows it, it just frees up so much mental space to, to just have acceptance. And I've learned so much of that from my wife, you know, from just like you can, it's OK to, to not be the, you know, the best at everything. You right. Know? That's beautiful. So it it seems like there is like definitely multiple people in like all different phases of your life. Yeah. Eat all each of these three people, if I had to like be like, these are the people who just sent my got my life rolling in the right direction, you know. There's th- I could name many more, but those mm-hmm. are the yeah. three that just came to mind there as we're talking, you know, with the way the question was phrased. Yeah, I definitely have had lots of other mentors in different areas, um, you know, and 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 people who taught me different things. And, you know, and yeah, I appreciate it when when you're lucky enough to get somebody who has some wisdom and they let you in on it. It's it's a gift, you know, that's like, yeah, I honestly believe it is like the greatest gift in life because I feel as humans, we're like meant to keep growing and evolving. And so when you find that person that is, you know, as you were saying, acceptance, because it's sometimes like it would be hard for someone to feel accepted or feel comfortable. But if you find like that right connection with somebody, it just like really is a game changer. Yeah. 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 Completely. (laughs) Who's your person? Um, the person that comes to mind, um, when I was in high school, um, his, well, his name was Paul, but we called him Swami and it was actually, he was my chorus teacher. Um, and he was a musician himself. And the reason he changed, he really helped me is because when I was in high school, that was like one of my roughest moments. And before I was diagnosed with bipolar and I was going through a lot. Right. And so he was like the teacher that I would like talk to if that's personal, that's not just like school stuff. And the piece of advice that he gave me was Justine here in this high school, this is a fishbowl. 
once you graduate, you're going to go into the sea and there's going to be so much more in life. Cause I think yeah. in my head, I was like, kind of like losing hope. And mm -hmm. when he said that, I'm like, okay. And at first I was like, okay, like at the time, but now I've done so much. I mean, I, I like that. I've never really heard that. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like, and I feel like what it really has helped my mental health was, um, moving away from my hometown. Like I lived in Jersey. I live in Florida now. And I, you know, I, I work, I work remotely. I have like my own like social media business. So I'm able to like travel. And then it gives me opportunity to like go around to different like states. And then I was on like the Disney college program. Um, so I met people from all over the world, which gave me different views and like, Oh, wow. This is like so interesting how like, like I met French people, people from New Zealand. So after all of that, I was thinking in my head, I was like, that advice stayed with me because I literally left the fishbowl. <laughs> yeah, cool. That's amazing. Yeah. And um, I believe, yeah, there are people, I, I, I'm sure if I really think about my life, like throughout the, the years and such, oh, I, I, I used to work for Disney and I, um, I would say someone who I guess my recent is my former leader and actually have i'm gonna be having her on the podcast oh cool and yeah and she kind of just like always knows like the right thing to say and i was going through a transition of going from working a nine to five to being my own boss which is like a huge transition she like helped me get through that i was like crying and everything it was an emotional situation yeah. <laughs> but yeah no i um, appreciate you asking that but yeah, yeah. no i feel like if people people who have those kind of like people in their life, it's just, it's just beautiful. But um, let's talk about future projects. I know you're going on tour, right? Yeah. Yeah. Always on tour. Oh, it's, always on tour. Well, it seems, it seems like it never ends. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we'll, I'll be, yeah, I'm doing a bit of touring this, this summer. Uh, and then uh, we'll do a winter tour. I'm, I'm, uh, I've got a few things going on. I'm finishing up a novel right now that I'm writing with uh, a wonderful woman named Allison Hammer. And then uh, I've got a couple of recording sessions coming up. So we're working on new songs, a couple of festivals that I'm playing this summer and some touring. And then in the winter, I'll, I'll go out and do like a couple months of dates so there's a so lot exciting that's yeah. so much fun so do you I, <laughs> this is like more of a technical question so do you have like a tour bus and everything sometimes you, we're on uh, a bus sometimes we're in a van sometimes ah. we're just flying around and renting cars uh but uh yeah i mean we that's that's the th that's my reality you know for other people they go on tour and that's all they do mm -hmm. We're just like it. Really, some nights you you're just you're in the bus and the theater. You're in a theater and it's full, and you feel like I'm the man. Woo! <laughs> you find yourself, you know, a week later at a show with not a lot of people, and uh -huh. you're just, you know, it's just like it's it's like any other job. It has yeah. like great days and tougher days. Oh, oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> I definitely know how that feels. Um, I see you are coming to Florida and I looked up the place and it was like eight hours for me. And I was like, Aw. oh, because we're in Destin. Yeah. Earlier this year, we did uh, Orlando, Tampa. Wow. Why we did, did we not meet before that? I would have went. I know. I know. What was it? The Plaza? Played the Plaza? Uh, which which one is that? In... Plaza Live. It was like a theater That's familiar. In, in Orlando. Yeah. So if it's in Orlando, like I would definitely. So right now I'm tech, I'm in Cape Core right now, but okay. I did live in Orlando last five years, but I, I'm actually going to be going there next weekend. So I'm always back and forth. Come I, I still have like a life over there. Cool. Um. So I do know like a lot of bands play at the, what is it called? Oh my goodness. It's in Disney Springs, but it's also. It's House of Blues. Yeah. Or... I know a lot of people play there. Yeah, play, we played there. We play a place called The Social, which is downtown. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen uh, The Social. Yeah, so, yeah, I'll be back. I'll, I'll come back. Come on out. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'll be, be my guest anytime. Oh, yeah, I definitely. I, I was like, when I saw eight, eight, eight hours, I'm like, oh. <laughs> but, yeah, since you're saying that you're touring, since you told me that you're touring, like, pretty much very often, I'm like, okay, so there's a chance. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. 
for sure. Yeah. yeah, I spent a lot of time in Florida over the years. So yeah. Okay, so before we end, so what I always ask my guests is like a last piece of like wisdom that you would want to provide. So I believe you know we talked a lot about empathy, music, being there for each other, and such. It's I know this is kind of like a very loaded question and <laughs> kind of broad. But if you can think of like a piece of advice, like a wisdom that you would like to give my audience, like what would it be? Well, did you ever see that movie, P.S. I Love You? Have you seen that? With I Frank know and... of it, but I don't know if I saw it. It's a, like a crier. So if you're not like a crier. Oh, I love person, those kind of movies. Oh, so maybe it, I did. I don't know. Very cathartic movie. Okay. But the point in that movie is the ability to see yourself through the eyes of someone that loves you, you know? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I think we can't see ourselves. We think, okay, nobody loves me. I'm too awful. Like I have too much shame, whatever it is when we're, especially if you're in a bad headspace, right? But, um, but hopefully you have somebody around you that you care for, you know, and you, and you, and, and that you can look at and go, this person, like, I love this person, you know? So a lot of times in the harder moments, I try to imagine the way that I feel about the people I love the most. Mm -hmm. And then I allow myself to understand that there are people that feel that way about me, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so by sort of turning that light back on yourself, I think that's, I think that that's like an essential tool to, to, to feeling okay in the world. Yeah. Understanding that you're enough and you're loved even just the way you are. You don't have to do something to earn that love. You know, sometimes, you know, things may get complicated with one person or another, but like you're loved, you know, and that's, that's a lot. So, yeah. I think that was, such beautiful advice and really like on point of everything we're talking about. And I think the biggest thing that I would want my audience to, you know, work on and challenge themselves is trying to see, you know, their life through else's someone else's eyes. And I think that's where a lot of people have a hard time doing, which is normal for everyone because it's really hard to see yourself outside of your own brain but it's kind of like practicing that. And then it does, it does give you, you know, a lot of that peace and comfort. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so good talking to you, Justine. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Yeah. I was just going to say, thank you so much for taking your time. You beat me to it, Stephen. <laughs> hey, I'm happy to be here. All right. Well, I'll say thank you to everyone listening and stay tuned for next week's episode.